Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Monday, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench, everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, Monday at 9, 8 central on CBS. Hackers are after your business data. I can help. I am Vi, the virtual intelligence assistant at Virtual Armor. Virtual Armor, partnered with Juniper Networks, provides cybersecurity services and end-to-end solutions to keep what's yours, yours. Defend yourself with managed firewall and managed SIM essential core services that are economical and efficient. Virtual Armor goes beyond just initial alerting to provide a thorough report on threats, vulnerabilities, and results. Let me help protect you. Contact me at JustAskVi. That's V-I dot com. And here we go. My opponent is against oil, guns, and God. I am the Democratic Party right now. 47 years, you've done nothing. Everything Americans value hangs in the balance. We have an obligation under the Constitution to use every arrow in our quiver. This is the most important election in the history of our country. I believe that. This is Devious Motives with Brett Winterbull. Hey, it's Brett Winterbull's Devious Motives. Good to be here with you, and I'm happy to be spending this time with you on a Saturday. That's right. It is the 15th episode of this saga that we have been living through together. We've got uh, 15 days to go till we get to the Election Day uh, uh, big show. Maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, depending on when you voted. But nevertheless, uh, come November the 3rd, we're going to have a really good idea of what the election is going to look like. And yet the same sort of issues continue to bubble up underneath the realities of which we now live. Now, on Friday night, oh boy, this is this is just a bad look. On Friday night, Fredo, Chris Cuomo, um, invited Ice Cube onto his program. And uh, ostensibly, it was because Chris, Chris Cuomo is allegedly concerned about the plight of black Americans, African Americans, who are uh, looking at the economy, looking at opportunity, looking at income inequality, all those sorts of things. And he found out something, I, I guess, from an intern. Maybe Michael Cohen told him. I mean, I, I just find uh, Chris Cuomo to be among the least serious and most questionable individuals who host a program on a cable channel. So apparently Chris Cuomo found out that Ice Cube was talking to the Trump administration about an economic, uh, I'm trying to think of the right term for this because Ice Cube does use it. Uh, Essentially, it's a new deal for African Americans. Essentially, it's a contract with black America, to borrow a phrase, from the Newt Gingrich revolutionary era back in 1994. And, uh, Ice Cube, in his own words, you're going to hear this. You're going to hear this exchange, but I want you to understand the, the profound dishonesty of, of Chris Cuomo when he talks about Ice Cube coming onto the show. First of all, he does the most, the absolute most pandering thing he can do. He's like, hey, we got Ice Cube coming on here, and he wants to talk about this thing with Trump and black people and the economy. Uh, good to have you here, brother. Brother brother works for macho man randy savage uh 
Chris Cuomo doesn't work with brother or bro. You're a Yale-educated, super elite knucklehead. Sorry, but you are. And you're bringing on Ice Cube. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to create the impression that Ice Cube sought out the Trump administration to talk about this contract with Black America to the exclusion of the Biden administration or the Biden team. And what you will hear flat out from Ice Cube, who I'm going to guess probably is not a big Trump guy, just guessing, is we reached out to Biden. We reached out to Trump. When we talked to the Biden team, they were like, yeah, you know, we're really busy right now. We'll talk to you about your silly concerns after the election. And so Ice Cube took a phone call from the Trump team who said, hey, Ice, we'd like to talk about what you're pres- what you're proposing here. We think there might be some common ground. So I'm going to let you hear this. This is the sound. This is it's, it's, it's really quite remarkable because you actually have at a point in the exchange, Chris Cuomo white-splaining to Ice Cube about uh, what's up and what's happening. Check it out. He wants to deal with it. I want to understand it. So, so should you. So here is Ice Cube on prime time. Thank you for taking the opportunity, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, Chris, uh, your lead-ins are a little misleading. How so? Um, well, the platinum plan is not my plan. I came up with the contract with Black America, um, and I didn't run to go work with any campaign. Both campaigns contacted me. Both campaigns wanted to talk to me about the contract with Black America. One campaign said, we love what you have, but let's really dig into it after the election. And one campaign said, we love what you have. Uh, Do you mind talking to us about it? And that's what I did. So I didn't run to nobody. And uh, so that was real misleading to me. I didn't say you ran you know, to anybody. I said that you had taken a pivot. Well, you, you you said I ran over to the Trump team instead of the Biden team. That's just not true. Well, uh, they both but you are working with me. the Trump team instead I, of the Biden team and people are giving you heat for it. What do you say to them? Well, I'm willing to work with both teams, but I'm just working with whoever is willing to work with me. So the Trump campaign came to me and asked me to explain to them some of the... Uh, contract with black america that's what i did i'm not playing no more of these games these political games we're not part of a team we have very broad problems especially the wealth gap in this country when it comes to black americans but you got to understand chris cuomo is somebody whose brother is the governor of new york and uh, wrote a book about what a great leader he was when it came to killing old people in nursing. Oh, Brett, what did you see what you did? Just went really hyper-partisan. But the fact of the matter remains, you have Chris Cuomo who wants to bring Ice Cube on his show and don't make this a smaller point than, than it is. This is an important point. Ice Cube has ideas about economics as they relate to black Americans to African Americans. And Chris Cuomo just sees a, uh, an opportunity to bring Ice Cube on to hit the president over the head with, uh, you know, with a hammer. And that's not the case because he says, I, I talk to both camps. I want to talk to both camps. What's the deal? What's the problem? They both called me. I want to talk to him. But he got the bums rush from the Biden team. Now, I, I get it. I understand it. It's a big deal. 
It's an important story. And, and clearly the reason why uh, Joe Biden would give the bums rush to uh, uh, Ice Cube is because Ice Cube can do nothing for that campaign. We now know the new metric. If you go over to Breitbart.com, you can read the extensive coverage that they have done uh, involving a gentleman by the name of Cooney. Cooney is a character who was part of the Devon Archer and Hunter Biden sort of triumvirate of power. Except this Mr. Cooney is now facing jail time for not registering as a foreign agent, number one. He's now in jail as a result of, of some chicanerous lobbying activities. And he has come out in the last 48 hours. I broke this on the show on Friday on my, on my over-the-air show on News Talk 1110-993 WBT. I, I broke this on, on Friday afternoon at 5 o'clock about how it is that this guy, Cooney, was trading emails with Hunter Biden, was trading emails with uh, Devin Archer and other people, and the objective was to get a high-ranking crew of Chinese business uh, men, you know, Chinese entrepreneurs called the CEC, and of course, the uh, uh, Chinese Communist Party leaders into the White House way back in 2011. Hunter Biden was pimping out his father's vice presidency way back in 2011. This was not 2017, not 2016, not 2015, not 2014. This was all the way back in 2011, the first term of the Obama administration. And Peter Schweitzer, who has done amazing work uncovering the Hillary Clinton scandals and the foundation stuff and all of that, has now unearthed a bunch of information about what it was that Cooney was doing to try to facilitate a personal tour, a personal tour around the White House involving the Chinese Communist Party leaders and, of course, the Chinese business community. Now, you're saying to yourself, well, I, Brett, this doesn't mean anything to me. This, I, I don't care. This is irrelevant. This is stupid. This is boring. It's none of those things, by the way. It's important because you actually had Vice President Biden auctioning off access at the White House through Hunter Biden and others. And we come to find out only through scouring, according to uh, Peter Schweitzer, only through scouring the CEC liter literature, that's the group, the Chinese uh, entrepreneur, uh, it's the Chinese Entrepreneurial Club uh, who, who went to the White House and got a tour. We only find out by reading their documentation that in fact it was mission accomplished because Joe Biden had an off the books off the record secret meeting with them and didn't disclose it because what do you have from team Biden consistently? You have the same thing over and over and over again. You have, well, there's no evidence of a meeting. There's no record of any kind of a meeting. There's no meeting that we know about as a part of any of this stuff. So any of these accusations are just foolish and are, uh, are not to be believed. Well, Except they they are potentially to be believed because you've got a situation wherein it looks a whole lot like the former vice president when he was vice president was auctioning off his office to the highest bidder so as to get the hookup for uh, for uh, obviously uh, Hunter Biden and his business. But that's we don't want to talk about that. Okay, so what do you want to talk about? We want to talk about COVID. Let's talk about COVID because COVID is a winner. We don't want to talk about black economics. We don't talk about Ice Cube. We don't want to talk about the platinum plan, the contract with black America. 
We want to talk about COVID. Now, COVID's a big deal. COVID is a huge deal. Except there are other things out there that are just as important. But hold on. Here is Joe Biden over the Friday night, Saturday morning, uh, weekend portion of our time. And there is Joe Biden doing something really kind of amazing. He's taking it to Donald Trump on the COVID. He's going at Donald Trump on the COVID. And it's important to hear all this. Check this out. This is Vice President Biden in the last uh, 24, 48 hours. He panicked. And his reckless personal conduct since his diagnosis has been unconscionable. The longer Donald Trump is president, the more reckless he gets. I think objectively you can say some things about Donald Trump, and you may be right with what you're saying about Donald Trump. I I didn't get the sense that he panicked. Like, if you're going to argue that the president of the United States acted irresponsibly, if you're going to argue that he came up short, if you're going to argue those things, panic wouldn't be one of them because panic would be what Roy Cooper did in North Carolina and Gretch, what Gretch did in Michigan, locking everything down and Gavi Newsom over there in California, locking everything down, shutting everything down, making everybody stay in their homes. That would be panic. And by the way, what the hell are those car horns that we're hearing? You know that that Biden rally that Biden rally was virtual. It was out at a drive-in theater. And so when you start hearing honk, 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 what you're hearing is, at, at least according to Kelly O'Donnell at NBC News, who is a massive apologist for Biden, those are people who support what he's saying. That's their version of clapping. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. This was Michigan. Biden was taking the hammer to Trump. But I don't know that they're loving that they're loving Biden so much. I mean, honestly, are you are you feeling like he they're loving Biden? Because if they're loving Biden, you would have thought that they would have hit this line hard. They would have celebrated this line hard. This is Joe Biden saying Donald Trump says we turn the corner. But as my grandfather Finnegan would say, he's going around the bend. They don't even know what it means because they don't honk. Check it out. Listen. He said, we have turned the corner. As my grandfather Finnegan might say, we're here. He said, he's gone around the bend. Turn the corner. My Lord. It's not disappearing. In fact, it's on the rise again. Hang on. I'm confused. Why did we hear honking in the first clip, but a smattering of laughter in the second clip was Joe Biden perhaps out of the, was, was he giving the speech in the first clip? Was, was he in a minivan giving a speech to a bunch of Michiganders or, or how, how was this working? Actually, I don't care. The fact of the matter is I don't think most Americans blame Donald Trump for what happened, but I do think this, in fact, I know this from talking to people who might be a little bit on the fringe they feel like if Joe Biden and Hunter made all these deep inroads with the with the PRC back when when Joe was the Veep, is it beyond the realm of the possible that they would have hit us with a biological Pearl Harbor to get Trump out of the box? I'm not willing to go there. 
I'm not willing to go there, but there's a bunch of other stuff happening. Guess who came out of the woodwork? Holy cow. Rachel Vindman defending the honor of her husband because Donald Trump was a big meanie when Lieutenant Colonel, call me Vindman, damn it, uh, came out and actually tried to overthrow the president with the help of uh, Adam Schiff. I got details on that straight ahead. I'm going to let you hear sound on that. And of course, is the president threatening to leave America? You'll hear it straight ahead. I'm Brett Witterbull. It is Devious Motives, episode 15. You're listening to Devious Motives. You're listening to Devious Motives. Welcome back. I'm Brett Witterbull. It is Devious Motives, uh, the 15th episode in 30 that we're doing. We're doing 30 30-minute 30 podcasts, plus or minus, uh, documenting everything, all the twists and turns and chicanery heading up towards the uh, presidential election. I know, I know. I got the email from Kamala Harris who said, we're voting now. You know, Brent, we're voting now. It's not like the election's going to happen in November. Well, I know. I get it. I understand that. But let me uh, jump to something very, very important right out of the box. And it's this. Uh, There is an obvious thought line, talking line, whatever it is, that's taking place inside of our body politic right now. And people are, are writing essentially the epitaph of the Trump administration, trying to say he's a failed president. And uh, he's not going to get reelected and he stinks and he's awful and he's terrible and he smells bad and he's the worst person ever in the history of ever. But there's a reason why I I talk about it this way, because it's important to remember you have an election coming up and there are issues that really matter that that not just matter, but matter almost at an existential level, because what you have happening in our country is is nothing short of. Uh, earth shaking, especially when it comes to security. Now, security comes in a lot of different forms. Most importantly, security comes in the form of uh, the idea that you can walk down the street, that you can be safe, that your children can go to school, that your business isn't going to get burned down because Black Lives Matter decides that that's going to be social justice. All those sorts of things are, are true. The safety, the security issue are huge. And while it's dismissed by many people, The idea of America being safe and being secure is a serious, serious issue. While the elites like to sit back and dismiss out of hand the idea of, well, what are we what are we doing in terms of how we're going to march forward uh, and and, and order the lives of these people who watch our channels? I mean, that's a big deal, right? I mean, you would think that's a pretty huge deal that 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 the elites would be looking back and saying, how do we control the people? How do we move the chess pieces? But these things do not happen in a vacuum. None of this happens in a vacuum. What has happened in the last year, and I mean literally the last year, if you go back to October 17th, right up to now, you know what you've seen? You've seen craven, corrupt, sweaty Adam Schiff and his band of impeachers harnessing people like uh, Charamella and Vindman to come out in the wake of the Mueller fail because Robert Mueller came out and it was abundantly clear to anybody watching that Robert Mueller had no idea what was in his report because Andy Weissman wrote it. And Robert Mueller did his testimony back in July of 2019, and it was apparent that he had been tasked with an impossible task, creating a lie out of, uh, out of whole cloth. And as he left and, and went down the road and was never heard from again, you never saw ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, CNN, MSNBC, Telemundo, the Spice Channel, none of them ever showed up at Robert Mueller's house to say, hey, what, what, did, what did you do with this report? He was literally never heard from again. 
So bad was the work product that he produced in an effort to impeach Donald Trump that at that point, Adam Schiff had to call in a bunch of Ukrainian chits and say, listen, we want to take this president out and we think we have it because we've got a special report that came in from Alexander Vindman. Call me Colonel, damn it. Remember, he said that to uh, Devin Nunes back once upon a time during an intelligence hearing. And Alexander Vindman said, I heard the president do a quid pro quo with the president of Ukraine. Nobody really heard that. Nobody was paying attention to that. But it built up and it built up and it built up and it created head pressure on Adam Schiff. And Adam Schiff knows a lot about head pressure. Look at his head. But, but you have all these different story elements unfolding and all of a sudden, before you know it, it is October, now November, and into December, and the Democrats have gone whack, wacko, and impeached the President of the United States. Nancy Pelosi sat on, like, like you would in a sits bath, Nancy Pelosi sits on this impeachment till after the new year. We get past Christmas, we get past the new year, and now we're putting Donald Trump on trial for the entirety of January into February. Simultaneously, Xi Jinping has sent a gift to the developed world, which is the COVID virus. And make no mistake, he uh, absolutely did it on purpose to try to uh, square, square the world to his economic reality that China was not keeping up with the Europeans and the United States. China was falling well behind the, the West. They needed to do something to try to stop this. I'm not going to get into a conspiracy about this, but, but almost everybody believes that is the case, that China knew about the covid China did nothing about the COVID and realized when they had infections, everybody in the world needs to get the infection just to keep it even, just to keep it together so that nobody else in the world would get in front of it. Well, pardon that right there. Pause that right there. Donald Trump gets acquitted in the Senate trial, a complete waste of time. But we were completely broadsided about the idea of the COVID. Well, now, all of a sudden, isn't this curious? All of a sudden, in the wake of Vindman's retirement. That's right, Colonel Vindman's retirement from the United States military. And when he retired, he said, the only reason I retired is because Donald Trump was mean to me. Now the sudden two weeks, two weeks to go in an election, you've got Rachel Vindman, his wife, coming out and saying Donald Trump's a big meanie. But what it really is that she's saying is Donald Trump doesn't respect the troops. Oh, we're going back. We're going back to the Atlantic allegations where Trump calls troops uh, suckers and losers and all that sort of stuff. And e even General Kelly's come out in the last 24, 48 hours and said what he has said, which is, this guy just doesn't understand people who sacrifice. So here comes Rachel Vindman over on CNN, the network that brought you the Dirty Dossier, the network that brought you the uh, Atlantic article, the network that just gave you in that last segment of, of Devious Motives. It brought you the ice cube knows that Trump's a racist, but is sucking up to the racist Trump narrative. It's all fake. It's all phony. It's all nonsense. So here comes Rachel Vindman trying to uh, uh, attack, trying to hammer the president because of her husband's desire to throw in with an attempted coup d'etat that came up short. And then he ended up on the wrong side of the stick and is upset now. So he sends his wife out to go do his dirty work. Check it out. How do you see President Trump's role in what happened to you, your husband and your family? He just 
continually put Alex's name out there. He seemed to be a little bit obsessed with it. Um, and he would, you know, continually remark on Vindman. And um, I think by constantly saying his name, by telegraphing it to his supporters, that he put, he continued to put us in danger by continuing to say our name. And I think he also, you know, ended Alex's military career by um, whether he directly asked that Alex not be promoted. That's probably not the case. But his enablers and the people around him knew that he would never find it acceptable if Alex were permitted to be promoted and have a normal career. Alex chose to go to war with the president and Alex lost. That's a sacrifice of his own career that he made in a voluntary way. Adam Schiff is rarely seen on TV anymore, only in the most radical avenues of broadcast. But, but Alex Vindman knew what he was doing, and he threw his career away. Pure and simple. Why would a president get accused of treason by this little lieutenant colonel? Think that, why would that lieutenant colonel think he can still hang around and be working with the president after he tried to overthrow him? Here's Rachel Vindman again on poor, poor Whittle Alexander Vindman. Listen. I feel sorry for him that he can't understand the beauty of service to others, of serving something more than himself. It is the privilege of my lifetime to be married to a military service member. I will always be proud to be an American, and I will always be proud to have been able to serve beside him. Obviously, we have friends who, whose husbands have made the ultimate sacrifice. And to not understand why someone would do that, um, I, I feel sorry for him that he can't understand that. Um, Rachel, the president, and there are things he says and does that I do not like. But Rachel, the president works for free. The president has actually taken it to his bottom line, running for and getting elected to the presidency of the United States. Did Alexander Vindman ever suffer the ravages of a dossier that said he had hookers peeing on a bed with him? Did Alexander ever face false charges of colluding with a foreign power? Not, none that I can recall. So the thing is... <laughs> And I'm sorry, I know that Vindman is a, he's a millennial and he's a typical sort of millennial. But, but the fact of the matter is when you gamble and lose, you take the loss. Sorry. You should maybe go be a presenter on MSNBC or CNN. They probably could use you in primetime on Sunday night. Here's the president in Georgia really dropping the hammer on uh, former Vice President Joe Biden saying that if he loses the election... It's going to be ugly and that uh, he, he may have to leave the United States because Joe Biden's such a poor candidate. Check it out. They say Biden is here. The one guy actually made a mistake. He called him Sleepy Joe. He's an announcer. That, that guy's job is done. But Vice President Biden is here today. He's making a speech on the environment. He has no idea what he's talking about. They don't say that there's nobody there. You know, he's got the circles, right? The circles. Do you ever see? He's got like five circles. And he goes there and, and people are standing. And the reason that, and the circles, not only are they big, although I love the artistry because the guy really does a nice job. You know, I'm into that stuff. So. It's very neat, very round, beautiful, solid. 
I mean, it would be impossible to catch anything if you're in one of those circles because you're so far away. It's like, but I never joke about it. I mean, I don't think it's necessary for Sleepy Joe to constantly, you know, he walks onto a stage, the people are, number one, there's no people there. And the few people that are there are like, what, 50 yards away? And the mask is always so large, you know, it's like covers the whole thing. I shouldn't joke. I shouldn't joke because you know what? Running against the worst candidate in the history of presidential politics puts pressure on me. Could you imagine if I lose my whole life? What am I going to do? I'm going to say, I lost to the worst candidate in the history of politics. I'm not going to feel so good. Maybe I'll have to leave the country. I don't know. President Trump joking around and, of course, implying that he's some kind of an underdog against Vice President Joe Biden, which, I mean, he may feel that way. Who knows? Uh, Drudge has a different headline every hour that says, President in real trouble, maybe the end of the campaign. Here is a, an, a bit of evidence of a sea change that's taking place politically in our country. This is important to hear. As you know, ACB Amy Coney Barrett had her confirmation hearings this week. Amy Coney Barrett was doing her thing and, and, and really running circles around the Democrats who obviously had been chastened in the wake of the Brett Kavanaugh attacks that took place took place back in 2018. So what, what did what did Klobuchar, what could Klobuchar do? What could anybody else do as a result of this? Well, they had to sit there and kind of act weepily and say, well, this is not fair. The election is is ongoing and and the people are losing their health care and no pre-existing conditions, all that kind of stuff. Right. You heard that. You heard that in spades. Well, the women that would have been activated against ACB were not allowed to go into the Congress and the Senate this past week, right? Linda Sarsour and the Screechers and the Screamers and the people who try to punch senators in the head. Uh, they, they weren't allowed to go in because of uh, COVID protocols. So there was a virtual, not even virtual, there's a real women's march happening today, Saturday, there in Washington, D.C., and the women's march is pretty weak. They're running around chanting, we love abortion, we want our bodies, we support our bodies. They're doing these different chants. And, and, and guess what? Anti-women's anti march types who are women showed up as counter-narrators arguing that they supported Trump. This has to show you that the seed has been planted and that it is bearing at least a little bit of fruit. Check it out right here. Her right, her body, her right. Bodies are rights versus abortion betrays women and women deserve better. That's a big story. The press will ignore it just like they tried to ignore Ice Cube. But continue to listen to the Devious Motives podcast to get the latest. This was all just Saturday. Wait till tomorrow, Sunday and episode 16. I'm Brett Witterbull. You're listening to Devious Motives. Devious Motives with Brett Winterbull. 
Monday, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Misik is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, Monday at 9, 8 central on CBS.